Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Bonnie is a rider. Sad I like and find her. No sympathy. Okay, so, you know, in the 300 episode run of this podcast, one of the most common things that we like to do around here is to uh, to clear out the paint and let Pierce make a rule. Yes. It's, we like it, to do if that. Pe- <laughs> if people would just listen to me more, we wouldn't have a lot of the problems that we have in society. I, I, we would have different problems. It's a good question, Max. Do we really like it? I, part of me thinks as much as we've done it, we, we must, right? We must. We're enablers, so <laughs> you know you tend not to enable things that you don't like. Or we're, or we're masochists. <laughs> One um, or the other. But, but it is... It is interesting over the course of all this time to to have noticed areas where that ethos has crept into my own life, mm-hmm. and I find myself making rules for me. Yes. Only sometimes you do that, and then you realize... My rule for myself has a lot of exceptions to it. And sounds like it's not a rule to me. I, it it does sort of seem it's a like a loose guideline. <laughs> it does it does sort of seem like a loose guideline. And and I realized that in in the matter like in a matter of I don't know, four or five months, I had imposed a rule for myself that I only ever wanted to listen to audiobooks if they were being narrated by the author. And I have now broken that rule twice in a row, and at least one of those two times, I uh, think not having the author narrate the book was a pretty huge improvement. So I, I want to jump in here and say that so, so audiobooks will just say this is something that we have nominally discussed before. We're going to talk about it in a, in a very different way. So if you're like, hey, hey, don't do that. Well, we're not. We're, it's going to be different. <laughs> if you're but- binge listening to our episodes <laughs> and just got through 160 of them or yeah, 260 of them, 60 yeah. of them. This was episode counting. 48. <laughs> Then, then sure, yeah. <laughs> get mad but, at us. Maybe take a break. <laughs> here's the thing about audiobooks, and I think that your rule is limiting and maybe limiting your enjoyment. As I, as I understand, I understand um, there are a number of books, I think especially things like memoirs and stuff, hearing the person read their own words, like, you know, really, really putting it out there in the world, uh, I, I think sounds really great. Um, but with audiobooks, one thing about them, and and I haven't listened to too many for reasons that we've gone over before, um, but it is it is a different medium. I think it is it is 
something bordering on a performance sometimes, especially when it is a, a character-driven plot. Um, I listened to recently on a car ride that the spy who came in from the cold, not read by the author, but read by someone who was doing an okay job. But honestly, I think back to, I believe toward the beginning of the pandemic, I think that's when it was, um, uh, Andy Serkis read, was it the Lord of the Rings books or, or a, a Tolkien book? Um, and so he gave all the, the characters voices and you know this is the guy who played Gollum so like clearly he can do some cool voices I mean he's he's been in so many movies as these strange characters it's kind of his um, thing it's it's his thing and and that's the thing with with an audiobook I think if you view it as a performance art in some ways I would say that you should listen to more that the author doesn't do them um uh you know Jane Austen is a bad example because Jane Austen is no longer touring or writing. Um, but, you know, seemingly someone who can do some, you know, funny accents and, and voices for all those characters, something with so many characters um, would be really great uh, as someone who is uh, trained in performance like that. So I think that your rule, I'm glad that you uh, caved a little bit and allowed it to be a loose guideline instead. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that you you've hit on a good point, which is that undoubtedly the reading of an audiobook is a form of performance. And mm -hmm. so with something like a memoir, like that no one theoretically, no one is a better performer of Matthew McConaughey's memoir about his life. Than Matthew McConaughey, yeah, but and, and yeah, but for Petrograd and Keith's say nothing, a book about you know the the violence and political intrigue and and mysteries surrounding the troubles, like having having someone with a, a sort of whistling Irish lilt was undoubtedly a, a, a better performance choice than having a uh, an American-born New Yorker staff writer read his 450-page tome. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a couple statements and questions right off the bat. First of all, Pierce, you were talking about it being a performance thing. I, I don't really consume a lot of audiobooks. I haven't in, a, in many years, so I don't really know how they work. But when you were talking about speaking performance i first thought you just meant like clarity which maybe all audiobooks are super clear but the one thing i thought of when i consider speaking performance is i often play bar trivia and i really appreciate there's there's part of it there's a performance they might add jokes in between but when they're just reading questions and answers i do really appreciate like a clear easy to understand voice so there's that but but now i'm curious from a from an actual question perspective two things about audiobooks i don't know and i'm going to ask both these questions and then we can answer them in whichever order you guys want but one is do, do audiobooks typically give the characters different like voices and things like almost an audio movie or are they really just reading the book and then the second question was i, I didn't even know that most authors record their own audiobooks i mean what what percentage of books that are released in audio format have a version by the author is that is that a really common thing i think it's pretty pretty common um huh. for you know i i think any more well 
I think if it's a book that you like hear about being released, I, I think that frequently the the author reads it too. At least books that I can think of recently. I actually I mean, sort of disagree. I think that okay. I think that it's uh, I think that it's more likely if the author has some level of notoriety. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure that uh, for example, for example, like uh, Ronan Farrow almost certainly is the narrator for the audiobook version of catch and kill. Yeah. Um, like a Stephen King. Just, does, does he do? I, I would, I, that's, I'm JK glad Rowling you said that for Harry Potter. Oh like no. That. Famously. Well, okay. We're, she's, she's, I didn't mean a, to ask two questions and then go into one, but I just no, no, don't, no, no, that's, I don't know. That, I think that's, that's fine. I, he was making a face because, uh, JK Rowling is a, a bit of a, a lightning rod figure. Persona right now. non grata, but, but not only does she not narrate the audiobook versions of Harry Potter books, there was a, a fairly uh, infamous uh, point at which the narrator switched and and fans were were big, big mad about it. Yeah, I, um, I remember listening to those on actual tapes. So, um, so like, I think, I think for fiction, I, I would guess that it is actually exceedingly rare for authors to narrate the recorded versions of their own work. Though I did start listening to a Neil Gaiman book when he was um, uh, reading Stardust. That, and but it, that's pretty you know cool. What? I, it could have been better. I only sure. listened to like an hour of it. Uh, so, mm-hmm. but, but and, to and your, in terms to of your... the performance thing, it's not like a movie. I mean, it's, um, I'm not sure. So I'm not sure I have listened to many or any audiobooks in my life where the narrator was really doing lots of character voices. And yeah. again, a big part of that for me, I think is that, I don't know. I don't really. It's not a way that I really consume fiction, right? Mm-hmm. And and we'll we'll get more to that later, I think. But but this has been. I, I I've also got some. I've also got some sort of soft rules. I've developed them over the last year or two about what sorts of things i read in what formats yeah and and i think that that's so so part of this too and and we've talked a little bit about how like essentially hey you know there's a way to do an audiobook that is maybe slightly more inviting or or engaging really and i think before you know i've i've had reservations about it cuz i'm like why well, I, I enjoy reading a book i i enjoy that practice i i enjoy consuming this media in this way and and you know part of part of this this part of the discussion is that you know if i view it as a performance that's kind of cool it's it's not it's it's kind of like an old-timey radio show or something maybe approaching that more especially when it's fiction or or you know roger bennett um i, I didn't listen to this but uh, reborn in the USA. It, hearing him read that would be very cool. As as Matthew McConaughey reading his memoir would probably be interesting. I don't know if the content is, but listening to his voice is an interesting thing. But but what that's really saying is that 
okay, there's some redeeming qualities about audiobooks that I should revisit. But Sean, and I think you're getting at this, there are also maybe some efficiencies there that that I should reconsider. So, yeah. So the the thing that made me think about this is that I realized that I am kind of on my second book in a row in 2020 where I have consumed it. 2022 is what you were going for. Oh, God, did I say 2020? Yeah. yeah. It's It's been a long... It has been a long time, man. Uh, <laughs> but yes, in, in this year, whatever year this is, I am currently on my second straight book of the year where I am sort of reading or consuming or whatever the right verb is in a hodgepodge of different formats kind of all at the same time where like depending on what my schedule is like depending on on what I have time for like I might read a few chapters in paper format I might read you know some some ebook uh, some of the ebook version, or if I'm out running errands as I was on like on Saturday, uh, I may well throw on the audiobook version. Yeah. And I, I, it sort of hit me and, and made me want to go back and revisit our previous conversation about audiobooks. The main thing we talked about, five years ago was whether this even whether listening to an audiobook counts as reading and i just think that one of the many things that this interminable two-year period has really laid bare is that that was a stupid question the whole time (laughs) Yeah, it it treats and and Max, I, I, this is going to be a lead up to me asking you a question. So, uh, when when we did that, and and I know we've touched on this before in various forms, but um, it, it makes it seem like reading is is a competition that that you have to read certain books and you have to read them in a certain amount of time. How many did you read last year? How long did it take you to read this book? Oh, it took you that long to get through Dune? What's wrong with you? Um, things like that. So I wonder for you, Max, someone that I think reads at a different pace and and maybe isn't as competitive about it for the better, but is still like, oh, I wish I read more. Is, is this opportunity to increase, you know, the efficiencies of reading and and maybe the chance for absorption of of books is that is that maybe appealing when it's framed that way yeah definitely um yeah like you said i i i don't i don't often find and i've, I've been trying to do that even just with my with my kindle because i feel like sometimes you know let's say try to think of a bad example but like i'm in a lobby waiting for a doctor's appointment for 30 minutes 
mm-hmm. right now I'm I'm scrolling through my phone and that's yeah. silly. And if I bring my Kindle out, no, now I'm reading and I feel much better about those 30 minutes spent. I don't, not that I feel better. I just, it's something that you just, as you said, I want to read more. I want, I want to do that. And finding the time can be tricky when in actuality, chunking that time makes sense. So definitely I could see myself. I, I mean, I know Bridget listens to audiobooks when she takes the dog for a walk and that's not something I've ever done. Um, and I have a fake blocker in my head that it's challenging to get access to audiobooks when in actuality, I've just never tried. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely something that I, I would like to look into. I, I, the only audiobook I ever remember was my parents used to have uh, walk in the woods by Bill Bryson on tape and Ooh. we would listen to it in the car. So I think I've heard that on road trips a couple times. I, I don't remember who did the narration. I just remember it was someone very funny. So it might have it sounded like the way I would imagine Bill Bryson's voice would sound, but I don't know what that means or, or if it was him. It could have also been a comedian because it's that style of, of book. Well, I'm so I'm glad you mentioned all of those things because, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Bridget listening to audiobooks on walks and like that is, uh, you know, sort of out and about on the go is like one of the perfect times for that and it made me think and and, and podcast too which is really just well, the, you're listening to a story being told in a different format and and i think so i think part of this is that i am maybe starting to see this as a bit of a podcast substitute i i'm sort of feeling as i, I so the the thing the thing that the the pandemic has has kind of demonstrated to me is like find find ways to to take in the things that you like and want to take in and don't come up with convenient excuses to not do that and in a lot of ways i think i have really overdosed on podcasts and listening to a gazillion episodes of a podcast is to it, it feels more and more analogous to the background Netflix watch where you throw on the show you've seen before and you watch 17 episodes of Parks and Rec in a row and I don't know man I just I I don't I don't want to do that so much anymore i this is why i was talking about uh max or cream last week and 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 really wanting to try to make more of an effort to listen to music and music that i haven't heard before um this is you know i just i think this is maybe going to become a bit of a substitute for that in, in a good way and then max you also mentioned you know, concerns about the availability. And one of the things I, I listened to our previous audiobook podcast before we started recording this. And, you know, one of the things that that came up uh <laughs> we were talking about libraries and you were concerned about like getting to the library to check out books. And we, one of us, I forget who it was already. How do I, how did I forget that already? I just listened to this like an hour ago. Um, 
you know, bemoaned that there wasn't really a uh, a sort of library analog for uh, really it was for Kindle, like for eBooks at the time, but for audiobooks as well. And now there super duper is the I, I have made liberal liberal use, particularly over the last year of the Libby app to mm-hmm. check out ebooks from the various local libraries that I have been a patron of in that time. But they also have a halfway decent selection of audiobook versions of these things. Yeah. Like yeah, that's how I, mean, I got say nothing. I like checked it out. Mm-hmm. I checked out the audiobook version. I already had a paper copy at home. And so like, I would, if I was out and I listened to five chapters, I, when I got home, I just put my bookmark ahead five chapters. Yeah, I mean, so I, I probably said that because I was using the library at that time and, and knew what was and wasn't strong. I mean, the library in some ways is is not, it's not a marketplace like a grocery store, but it does keep up, I think, with people's taste and conveniences. Um, the... <laughs> You know, in some ways, when there are complaints about, oh, you know, the library only has far, four copies of a, a digital book, that doesn't make any sense. Um, I wonder who's complaining about that, because the library only has four or five copies of, of you know, pick whatever book it is anyways, even, even larger libraries. And so, that is explicitly the reason why they only have a certain number of digital copies of the book. Uh-huh. And and so like this 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 is a publishing problem. It isn't isn't libraries, but but I think they are keeping keeping up with with taste and that that has definitely changed. And and so I mean, yeah, I I come around to it. You know, is it is it my desired format? No, not necessarily. But part of that is and and Max, you kind of mentioned, uh, you know, podcasts and other things that fill the time. Um Part of the reason is is maybe I'm I'm enjoying audiobooks at the wrong times. If I listen to audiobooks on runs as opposed to um, uh, car rides, I'm sure I would enjoy them differently. Because car rides, there are six million other things that I should be paying attention to. Because I say again, and we always say it: the most dangerous thing you will probably ever do is drive a car. <laughs> you know, and 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 so like. That is probably not a good place to be trying to enjoy this thing that I think can be really good. Yeah. And I think going back to me talking about wanting to consume, I'll say this way. I want to consume more books and literature. But I say that and then it comes down to the fact that I clearly don't enjoy reading as much as alternative activities like sleeping, cooking or watching TV, which is usually what I'm doing with the time I would be reading. You could always eat the books. I could eat the books. Yes, you I consume could, more. I could consume them. I could. I could make paper mache hats out of the pages. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is sort of inspiring to think. Like typically, I, I I don't actually really listen to much when I go on like dog walks or or bike rides or skiing or any sort of that single solo activity that doesn't require you know doesn't take away your ability to listen to something and and maybe i should i mean i feel kind of the same way with podcasts but i've never really gotten into podcasts i just don't find myself listening to them but i don't have a good reason why not so um well there's, unlike there's books so i don't feel like i need to, to. Yeah. <laughs> i mean 
Yeah, or a few of the same songs on repeat for a very long time. But um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I consume a good bit of music, but um, yeah, I just don't listen to much, much else. But you know, maybe I should try. I should, especially now that I know. Um, I mean, I think I had a hunch now in 2022 that it was. It's certainly easier to get books on my Kindle because I'm pushing in that direction. And I really appreciate that because it takes mm -hmm. away the basically fake barrier, like you said, of like, oh, I have to drive to the library. Oh, I have to return it after two weeks. No, you don't have to do either of those things. Um, but with the audiobooks, you know, I just never really kind of thought about it. And I also wonder, we haven't gotten to this yet, unless you had a response to that. But I, I was curious, like, something that's interesting with an audiobook that I'm only thinking of now is that you could make it a, an activity that's not just for one. I mean, mm. when you consume something on a Kindle or reading a paper book, unless you're reading to someone else, it's a very independent activity. Whereas I know, um, you know, again, if we're cooking dinner and as a group, as a couple, or you guys are cooking with friends or significant others, I mean, usually we put on music, but sometimes we put a podcast on then, and I see no reason why you couldn't enjoy audiobooks then, similar to, you know, Growing up, my family listening to Walk in the Woods together and, and, you know, laughing at it together. And that's a totally different experience than reading a book alone and, and doing that, in, I don't know, in your head, basically. Totally. I There's one, the only hurdle to that for me is that I have a You tendency, have to wait for the other person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have a tendency to get really immersed in stuff and like, I want to listen you know, sure. if I'm going to go, you know, if I'm going to go for a two and a half hour walk on a Sunday and there is a, a, you know, a sort of limited series podcast that has six episodes mm -hmm. that total like three hours, I'm going to listen to all of it. <laughs> I, yeah. like, it's it's going I, to I happen. Mean, yeah. Presumably you, you wait for people on, so you already watch some TV shows this way, I'm sure. And so, yeah, maybe it's not your favorite content that you do that with, but yeah, uh, you know, it's a pro and a con. Sure. I, oh, absolutely. So, not, not to throw it off completely, but I've, I've, you know, I was thinking based on what Max said, has said about this and, and you too, Sean, which is, you know, the thing that is almost limiting about podcasts and why these are more like, I don't know, maybe old old timey radio and stuff like that is because we are talking about fiction. I know there are scripted podcasts, but it's like the podcast is is the highest form of that form. Like you, you don't have you don't have written version of written versions of podcasts. Like the podcast is the podcast. But I think maybe more importantly is a podcast is to me more like music because the person who whose idea it is. And I'm thinking of Patrick Redden Keefe's um, the one about the the song and was the CIA involved. Mm -hmm. I, it was very good, but like he created it and he also performed it, and and so that feels more like you are you are the singer songwriter and stuff like that. Whereas with these audiobooks, it is originally in this different form, and then sometimes for fiction, you know, Andy Serkis or the the Bill Bryson book, who you know maybe that was a comedian or something, or or the Harry Potter books, they're like. This isn't the original form, so we're going to bring in this other person to try to spice it up here, and and I think it it provides maybe something something different, and and I think that that's 
pretty cool and there's some room for creativity there whereas you know with the podcast i understand as we're doing this i want to share you know oh ways of hearing i want to perform what i'm performing but maybe seed space to people who are actually good at it if i've already written the words this is a written podcast (laughs) this is um I am I'm holding I'm holding up a, a copy of a, a book that I bought at Kramer uh in, in DC the last time I was there. And it actually is it, it's, you know, similar to like a you know, a movie novelization. It is actually a transcribed out kind of zhuzhed up book that was essentially a a short series podcast. Um, but but I also think that like you know there's no there's there's too much variation in style for podcasts uh, for me to to totally buy into what you're saying about that like there's no written podcast because mm-hmm. like uh, increasingly I I feel like the space is getting more and more dominated by narrative podcasts something like slow burn. And like those absolutely could be sprawling, you know, magazine feature articles, yeah. um, like undoubtedly. Yeah. But, but when it's a podcast, I think that the author of it so frequently, and not that there's a problem with it, but I'm saying where this is different. The author feels like I need to perform this mm. because it is a podcast and and these are decoupled in a way with with novels that that I think is um r- refreshing. Um it it doesn't mean either are right or wrong. I just I think I, I like I that about an audiobook. Yeah, and there there totally in podcasts is uh an impulse. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I I stopped listening to that uh that show the rumor that I, I mentioned one time, like the one about the rumor about Cal Ripken and, and Kevin Costner oh, yeah. because yeah. it became like, it became a podcast about the two guys making the podcast in a way that I just like, it didn't, it didn't vibe for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, I do think that that is a, a kind of maddening tendency in that, genre in a way that you know narrating a book that you have already written you know you can kind of avoid a little more because you're beholden to what's already on the page i don't know it's it's been it's been good so far i i've i i'm gonna uh I've, i've also i have benefited from my mom signing up for a, an audible subscription ah. and enjoying it for a while and then deciding she wanted to cancel, but having a backlog of credits. And if you just bite the bullet and quit, you lose them. And mm-hmm. so because, uh, because she doesn't, probably spend as much time thinking about the sunk cost fallacy as as i might she's like well i gotta get something out of this and so she is like she figured out that you can kind of gift 
the books to other people. And so my siblings and I have have been the beneficiaries of this and have received a great number of of audiobooks. So so like that that has sort of helped this journey along too. Um but but it's something between between that and the increasing availability of you know audiobook versions of books that I am interested in via my library like this is something that I think is absolutely going to be a bigger part of my life in 2020 or whatever fucking year it is because I just I have gotten tired of gatekeeping the formats in which you take something in if you want to if you want to experience a book whatever format you're going to experience that book in is the best format for you to experience the book and if there's something we can all apologize for it's that because it's not about how you consume the book it's that you consume it and feel like you have something to say afterward like if it impacted you good i don't it doesn't really matter what format you took it in um i i think that's that's pretty grand yeah uh one maybe one one note to leave us on is that another thing that came up (laughs) on on the uh the og it's pretty okay audiobook pod is the idea that uh, pierce that you might read something in Kindle format, and if you really liked it, buy a, a used copy after the fact. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a, a sort of uh, a bemused surprise about that uh, way back when. And as I look over <laughs> at my bookshelves, I realize, nope, I do that a lot. <laughs> I do that a lot, too. <laughs> well, you know. The, the older we get, the more the rules make sense. Yeah, we we totally, totally. Um, all right, well, that's a that's a nice little little chat about books of the e and audio and paper varieties. But well, let's be honest, that's not really why you're here. You're here for Pierce's sorry. So, what are you apologizing for today? So I yesterday actually. Um, UPS arrived and dropped off a banker's box at my front door. Max, what do you think was in this banker's box? Uh, I'm going to say two fake passports, a 9mm handgun, and $60,000 cash split across two currencies. (sighs) Well, these are things I'm sure you can uh, receive in the mail in Georgia. That's not what was in my banker's box. (laughs) Um, it was what normally goes in bankers' boxes, though, because it was the contents of a desk. They're the contents of my my space in uh, the Roslyn office that I worked in, which I have not been to since wow. March of March 2020, around the the ninth or something. Um, actually. I, I I recall I think the last time I went I left early that day to get um uh, uh cupcakes from Baked and Wired in Georgetown. That was the last <laughs> I was in the office. Um so I've been trying uh, for, for a good note. 
I yeah, had to Google I, what a banker's box was. It's like a yeah. cardboard box with a top for files. Yes. Yeah. I assumed it was like what would be in like a safety deposit box. <laughs> no, no, no. That would be that, that would, would be, be a gun, uh, and that would be what I said, <laughs> like so, in all the movies. I, so I mean the the. So I've been trying to get this stuff for a while, and and over the Thanksgiving time, I tried to go into the office and and get it. Um, and what was delivered was was all non-work things. These these were books, a water bottle, a, a small French press, um, and you know the the apology could be that that um, I had a, a coworker go and put the stuff together and, and screen shit like do a video call so I could be like, Hey, get this stuff, that stuff, like random things. Um, it could be that, that the, um, you know, the people who had to go and pack the stuff up, I was, you know, maybe not as, uh, explanatory as I could have been and helpful. It was fine, but I'm like, ah, oh, I could have been, I could have been nicer about it cause they're doing something for me. But really there's, you know, there's kind of an emptiness I feel. So it's, there's a self-apology aspect to it, but it is to like my greater like uh, team at work and everything is that, you know, I think I missed an opportunity to go and, and collect that stuff because at the, in the grand scheme of things, like I am not going to be working in that office anymore. Um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go back at, at some point, but there is something nice about going and collecting your things and, and putting a, a bookend on it. Um, and instead of just delaying this thing, which no one's going to, no one's going to take, you know, a, a copy of SPQR because no one knows what that is. They're just going to leave it on the desk. No one's going to take a little French press. Um, but I decided that I couldn't handle that being at the back of my mind and it was like, no, I need this, send it to me. And I didn't, I didn't need to do that. And and so like getting this stuff that is my stuff and, and does matter to me, um, the manner in which I did it, uh, there's an emptiness and I did not expect that. So just, you know, something to consider. Okay. Um, man, that was surprisingly poignant. <laughs> you know after whatever three billion episodes you you're bound to blind every once blind, in a while you, every once blind while you squirrel consumes gold. an audiobook <laughs> yeah. um all right well we'll we'll do a a big idea uh from pop culture and i stop me if i you know i obviously i don't even know what year it is so so stop me if things are, are running together and this is something that I have talked about before, uh, but the artist formerly known as college humor is now a company and a, a streaming service called dropout it's sort of apt, uh, apt name change. And uh, they have a show called game changer. And the idea is that it is a a game show where the rules change every time. And so the contestants don't know what game they are playing at the start. They have to figure it out as it goes along. And this leads to some enjoyably silly things. Uh, but one of their most recent episodes is called, I believe it is called, the official cast recording and it involves as as you may 
perhaps be able to to deduce uh, musical improv and, and essentially devising a a musical on the fly from prompts by the host and it's just like you know since since we were talking about uh performance and and people sort of whether they are or are not portraying multiple characters i found uh i found it to be uh pretty pretty masterful um mm-hmm. and and very very funny uh so so if you enjoy silliness and are willing to add another another streaming service into your rotation, which like you may not be and totally understand. But if you are a uh, game changer on dropout, which I think is at dropout.tv uh, is is a, a, a fun, fun I, little thing to consume. I, I don't know that I'm. I don't know if I'm more shocked that Vice didn't decide to buy that years ago or Barstool didn't decide to buy that years ago. But you would have thought that one of them would have been like, hey, that's a that's a fruit we can we can take off the tree. Uh, They were briefly bought by IAC, the uh, the media agency of one Barry Diller. Uh, But Hmm. but yeah, they're uh, now they're owned by uh, Sam Reich, who used to be uh, used to be a producer i think for them and is the son of former labor secretary robert reich which okay. is interesting um uh, but yeah it's uh it's uh they, they also have a sort of running series because every once in a while they will actually bring a premise back and so they have a kind of running series where these three comedians uh have to sort of enact increasingly ridiculous sounds um like one episode culminates i believe in all three of them having to collaboratively act out uh a siren phone sex line Mm. and it's just like you know it's it speaking of just finding things you enjoy during the pandemic and enjoying them man it's really it's hitting me in in the funny bone so. Yeah, and if you want to enjoy something sort of similar, but a little older and maybe hasn't aged very well, <laughs> but don't want to pay for another streaming service, okay. we recently discovered that all the episodes of Whose Line Is It Anyway are streaming on HBO Max, <laughs> and we've been throwing that on a little bit as background television, and let me tell you, it is inappropriate, <laughs> but pretty funny. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I don't know what year that show was made. I think it was what, the '90s, maybe or like mid '90s, early '90s. That's uh, hard to. There's say. some things that were on the table then that that probably wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be today. Even though I think it was on a. I think it is it on newer a than I mean, that. Uh, I think it's yeah. I think it's in this millennia. Really? All right. Yeah. Well, maybe I should check it out. <laughs> well, it feels like it's older. What it kind of start started in 1998. Okay. okay. Uh, what a what a delightful episode. We get multiple multiple cultural recommendations. Uh, I don't know if mine was a recommendation, more like a, a PSA. <laughs> that if uh, yeah, it, it didn't but sound yeah. like it wasn't a recommendation to me. <laughs> Just be ready for it to you know. Well, 
beef we'll, from 98. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll close the show with a piece of Rolling Stone rock trivia. Uh, Kevin is not around to, to get this question right, but on the other hand, Kevin's not around to get this question wrong. So who knows? Maybe it'll work to his advantage. It probably won't. Uh, which... Un unreleasable single did the Rolling Stones submit to their label Decca Records in 1970 to fulfill their recording contract? Was it A, Cocksucker Blues, B, Fuck You Alan Klein, C, Star Star, or D, Turd on the Run? I think it's A. I think that that's a, a song that they would actually do. Um, so my guess is A. I'm going to go in the opposite direction and say it was B. All right. So, Max, you said B. Fuck you, Alan Klein. But Pierce is correct. It is Cocksucker Blues. However, I, I I detected a whiff of, of you suggesting that that was the only one of those that is a real Rolling Stone song. And I Turd on the Run is very real. It is on the second side of, or on the second disc, I guess, of Exile on Main Street. Uh, so I can't believe I know that offhand. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's not it's not offensive. Whereas speaking of things like Who's Line, anyways, that have gotten more offensive over time, uh, the you know the correct is, answer is not great. Yeah, the correct answer is not great. Turd on the Run is just like, hey, I was thirteen once too. That's funny. Exactly. So uh, yeah, Pierce remains the only person who has gotten one of these questions right so far. <laughs> Extending that lead at the top of the table lead dog <laughs> alright that's the end of the show you can find us at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com you can also subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice if you do that please tell a friend about the show we'd love to share it with them as well uh, we'll be back again next week to see which old topic we rehash next time mm-hmm. until then I'm Sean I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. But I'm soon on